You are now listening to the Solomon Attention Podcast. cuffing season baby it is cuffing season and so uh, I couldn't have found anybody better I think to, to talk about and this would be a three-part series about relationships and so I have with me Miss Siobhan Davis marriage strategist who is an expert on all things relationships and she's got a dope brand that we're going to eventually talk about but I want to welcome her to the Solomon Teaching Podcast how you doing Miss Davis Hey, Solomon. I am doing great. Thank you for having me. And I am excited to be here, you know, and just and just talk that talk as hey, it regards let's relationships. Go, man. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go. So so before we get into cuffing season, because uh, we all out here trying to, you know, some of us trying to get cuffed, some of us doing the cuffing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, some of us trying to get married. Some of us, you know, we don't know if we're married yet. We know that the Solomon Teaching Podcast, we're all about millennials, and I respect that we're all at different spaces. Uh, and so I think that, that this conversation is going to hit on all those points. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about where you're from. And, you know, I hear, that, I hear that East Coast accent, you know, where you're from, and, and then kind of how you got into this, this work that you're doing. Brooklyn, stand up. <laughs> I am from Brooklyn, New York. Bed-Stuy, to be specific, they say Bed-Stuy do or die, but I say Bed-Stuy where we thrive, baby. Um, I got into this work a few years ago. I originally started working with children in the Department of Education here in New York City, and I realized that I would do social-emotional learning with the children, and by the time I see them again, it's like we didn't even get to do the work, right? So I understood that children not needed, they didn't only need to get the work there, but that their parents also needed to experience it. And with their parents experiencing it, it calls for a different experience in a household. It changes the dynamic when you have both children and parents healing in order to create a better relationship dynamic. And a little bit about that is I came from a background where my mom was married on paper but in a house that looked like something completely different, right? Because the father figure that was there wasn't there. Yeah. So I said, you know, I want to change the narrative, not just for my children, but I got to worry about the people that, that might end up marrying my daughters, that might end up marrying my son. So just really looking at the generational work that's available when people heal so that we can establish healthy relationships. Wow, man. Hey, you know, you say you're dropping gems already just in the <laughs> intro, man. So let's get started. So, so you know, what is cuffing season? And then from your perspective, how do you think millennials can thrive in the dating world? Because, you know, one of the opinions that that we have in our circle is that it's healthy. And I know, you know, people have different, but a lot of people say that it's healthy in your single season to spend some time dating. Absolutely. Whatever you want to address that. Absolutely. So cuffing season, right? I'm just going to say what it is. Can I be real on this podcast? Hey, be real, man. We unfiltered. Let's go. I mean, so cuffing season, it is what it is. It's a time of space. Usually when it's cold outside, when the winter creeping up, everybody got to put their bubble jackets on and people start to decide that they don't want to be alone. Mm. And funny enough, typically around the fall season, people start to experience depression. Like that's actually a statistic. So we know we we thrive based on connection right so cuffing yeah. season is specifically a time where you decide we're gonna make it do what it do we're gonna talk the talk and walk the walk together with the intention 
to just date for this season. While it's cold outside and by the time by the time summer comes back, we chilling. You do you and I'm gonna do me with whoever we want to do it with. But that's really what cuffing season is about. Having somebody to cuddle with, having somebody to go on dates with. You getting to know them, but you know that you guys are not really exclusive to one another. Hmm. Pretty much that's what cuffing season. And regarding millennials in the dating world, we ain't even got enough time on this one podcast. I'm gonna tell you that right now. We don't have enough time to talk about that. But I definitely believe that when people are single and when they know they're single, I mean, when he knows and she knows that they are single and they are not in a committed relationship, I do think that it is wise for you to date and dating is just collecting data, right? You're going out with people, you're understanding if you like them, if you don't, you learn a lot of things about yourself on a dating scene. So I definitely encourage if you are single, date, but date with intention. Do not date aimlessly and try to go into something that, try to create something different from what you originally intended. Yeah. If you know that you, this, this person just got some tendencies that you don't like, don't string them along, you know, date a few people. Get your feet wet. See what you like. See what you don't like. See where it can go. And if it's not for you, just keep it real. It's not mm-hmm. for me. And, you know, I'm choosing to end it. I like that. I like that. So I want to pull a couple of things from that. So the first thing you talked about is collecting data. That dating is really about collecting data. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some healthy ways? Because I've seen this done a multitude of different ways. And I can be honest and say early on in my dating uh, career or my dating time, I ain't always do the best job of collecting data. And sometimes you don't know what you even really need to know. But yeah. what are some healthy ways of collecting data uh, on a person when, you, when you're trying to date with intention? I would say first and foremost, before we even go on collecting data about that person, you should get clear on what it is that you're looking for. Because that's the thing that's going to anchor you to the person that you're dating, right? So if I know, and I'm not talking about physical, tall, dark, handsome dreads and all the things that, that, that we typically look for on a physical, right? Mm -hmm. But you want to know if it's somebody that you, if you're dating and you're looking to build with somebody, you want to understand their relationship with their family, baby. Because if you're looking to get married, you marrying that whole family, right? So you want to look at their relationship with their mother, look at their relationship with their parent, whoever their, their guardian was or whatever dynamics they have around them. If they have siblings, do they keep a lot of friends around? Do they change jobs frequently? Those are the things that you want to look for because ultimately, if you're dating with an intention to go far, you want to look at stability. Yeah. You want to look at mental stability. Ask the questions. Have you ever seen a therapist? Is that something you're interested in? Because one thing that we got to understand when we get into relationships, you pick up the mindset of the person that you're with. You're either growing with them or dying with them. So that's something that is super important. I should have said that first. Man, I want to check their whole mental status because I'm not going to the psychiatric ward with you. Um, and you want to see how, how they are in integrity with themselves. If their yes is their yes, their no's are their no's. You want to understand because the way a person treats themselves is how they're going to treat you. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Man, man, I hope I hope y'all are listening, man. Because you know, on this podcast, you guys know I I this stuff is scripted. I learn too. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sitting here learning and listening with you. I don't have a interview before the interview, and we decide what we're going to share with you all. And so, right. you know, you brought up some good points about 
the, the mental stability, like you don't hear people say that or the family, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because we, we try so hard, I think to say, well, you look at the person, you look at the family and then you say, well, you know, I'm marrying the person, not the family. Like, but you don't really hear people say that. No, you're marrying the family too. Yes. Could you expound you on that a little bit? The family Abs- dynamic, man, Absolutely. because it's like, it's hard to ask somebody, oh, you know, cause you know, nobody's got a perfect family, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's got, I guess it's about finding the, the family dynamic that best works for you. Is that what you think? Or how, how do we approach that? Okay. So what I would say about this, when it comes to family dynamics, something that I did and something that I encourage people to do, right? When I was dating my husband before we, before we became husband and wife, I paid attention to the interactions, no matter where we went, if we were around his family or if he was around mine, I wanted to see how he interacted with my family. And I needed to pay attention to how I interacted with his. But most importantly, I paid attention to the dynamic. He is the only boy. He has two sisters and it's his mom. His mother is married, right? I paid attention to how they treated him and how he treated them. Mm. How they handle conflict. If something came up, are they talking about it? Are they just shutting down and they decide that they're not speaking to anybody? Does his mother honor him, but understand that that is her son and not her husband? Does his sisters understand that he has a relationship outside of them? Are Mm. they constantly dependent on him? Is he constantly dependent on them? Can he stand alone if this family wasn't available? How does he honor his mother? How does he speak to his mother when he don't agree with her? How does he speak to his sisters when he don't agree with them? My husband already had a son when he entered the relationship and I had a daughter. I needed to know, how do you interact with the mother of your son when you don't like what she's doing? How do you interact with your son when he needs to be disciplined? How do you esteem him? Because if you pay attention to the way, the way that we are with one thing in life is the way that we do everything in life. So I need to know, can you navigate conflict? Can you stand up for yourself? Do you set boundaries with your time? Are you a people pleaser? Every time your mother calls you, are you running over there to do what needs to be done? Are you taking away from what we're building in our home to go and do that? So these are some of the things that you get to look at. And if and for the women, you want to pay attention. Well, for the men looking at the women, you want to pay attention to the, her relationship with her mother. Mm. Do they gossip? Is she running over there telling her mother everything? How is she with her friends? How does she keep her home? Because the way a woman keeps her home and her purse will tell you a lot about who she is. So I think that there's just things that you definitely want to pay attention to. Not that they're going to always get it right, right? Because we are human beings. We, 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 are, we are flawed. But you want to look at how they are usually handling the situation, not the exception, but how are they showing up in these spaces? If their mother, if their sisters have like have created a culture where, you know, it's us against them. Baby, don't even enter the door, but you definitely want to look at how they are interacting, especially when it comes to conflict and um, boundaries. I would say those are the two most important things. Can a man, can a woman set firm boundaries as it regards their family? Mm. So the last question, man, this is so good that I was thinking about, and I want to get your opinion on, I heard in the article, and and then of course, you know, this is not a spiritual context uh, podcast, but you know, I'm a faith believer. I've been public about that. And so Mm -hmm. I watched a sermon uh, during the pandemic that talked about how uh, sometimes our purpose partner, or maybe when we're dating, let me, because we'll talk about marriage later. But when we're dating, we need to be we need to be mindful of our preference, 
understand where our preference comes from and mm-hmm. be okay with divorcing our preference if it's not good for us. What are your thoughts well, on that? That's it right there. Because usually our preference, and, and I'm going to say this, Solomon. I don't know say, if they're going to come back it, and listen to the it. podcast, but I hope say y'all it. come back after this one. Our preferences are usually our desires that are based on fear. Our preferences, let me say it again for the people in the back or the people that just turned the podcast back. Say it again. Our preferences are usually predicated on some of the fears that we have. Um, So sometimes women, we look for men that that are identical to our fathers or identical to the male figures in our life, right? Mm-hmm. because we're fearful of, of the stability, the instability that we might have if we don't have somebody that looks like them because we're afraid to step out on something different. Mm-hmm. Or a preference can just be something that we don't even understand why we want it, right? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest ones that I would say right now for women, oh, he got to have six figures. Mm-hmm. Why? When you don't know how to handle three figures, when you don't know what to do with a paycheck that you get week by week, when you don't know how to manage it. So sometimes we, we just say what we think sound good or we say what culture has taught us to say. Mm-hmm. So it is right that you divorce those thoughts because when you get with your purpose partner, they will cause you, if it's a purpose partner for real, they'll yeah. cause you to level up in your thinking. And the things that you think you need, you will realize that they were just desires and this person will show you what you need in order to grow and get to the next level. Do you think that... Do you think that... Um... Sometimes our preferences can be tied to trauma. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would even say from personal experience, I always said my, whoever I married, they got to be tall. They got to be built. They got to be this. They got to be that. And I later on found out, you know, through doing the work, through going through, through therapy, through working with coaches, I felt like I needed a big man to protect who, to protect the me that wasn't protected as a kid. Wow. And I mean, in a physical space, because I grew up in a home where, you know, physical abuse was yeah. present, yeah. Um, grew up in Bed-Stuy, seeing a lot of fights, people get shot on a corner, we walking over um, police do not cross tape and things like that. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I need a man that I can feel secure in, not emotional security, because I didn't even know that was a thing, right? Yeah. But I wanted somebody that can physically protect me from the things that I have encountered as a little girl. So in my mind, if my man is here, these things wouldn't have happened because I thought that if my father was in a home, a lot of things wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So yes, sometimes our preference are tied to our traumas. And you know what you just, you know what you're teaching me? <clears throat> and, and hopefully those that are listening, you're learning too, that like, don't date until you're ready because you can ruin somebody. Hey, that's what you're teaching me that's what you're teaching me (laughs) like if you don't know what you want you don't know your trauma you hadn't healed like all this stuff that you just said i'm not gonna go back through it like you're teaching me not to say you gotta be perfect but like but like just remember like when you're dating you're dealing with a human person in the human Mm -hmm. heart and so if you don't know what you're doing and what you want because you're out there just playing and testing the waters and you're using people to determine what you want like like a little game like you're teaching me that like you can really hurt and ruin somebody like it's not a Mm -hmm. game you know what i'm saying yep and you can hurt and ruin yourself because unbeknownst to you sometimes you inflict more trauma on yourself than the things that you didn't heal because we tend to live from trauma-based responses because because we're gonna move on because you're teaching me like if you don't heal and do your work with your trauma like let's say you pick a partner 
you don't know that it's your trauma because you hadn't did the work, but you pick a partner and you wind up marrying that partner, right? Mm -hmm. But then you heal. And then hmm. you wake up and you're like, this is not what I needed. Right. That's got to be hard to navigate, man. I mean, Absolutely. What, I mean, what you think? I mean, that's got to be like, like you, again, that's more pain on yourself because now I'm in a covenant with somebody that I got that I married to while I was broken. And now that I'm, Hello. that's gotta be, I mean, I'm not married. So I'm leaning on you to, that's gotta be hard. Right. Now I'm in a covenant with somebody that can't cover me. Um, but that's for another day. But yes, you're absolutely right. And, and this is something that I say to people. You want to start the process of healing before you enter a relationship, but you want to keep your mind open to the fact that one, you're not going to completely heal everything, right? But you at least want to start understanding the work of where your triggers may be of old memories um, that you haven't been able to let go of or old things that you haven't been able to say prior to entering relationship, especially if it's marriage. But this yeah. is one thing that I know from being a married woman, from being a wife, dealing with a husband, <laughs> <laughs> some things you're not going to know was trauma. Some things you do not know was there until you enter that covenant. Because your spouse, that is the, the, the most important outside of your relationship with God, your marriage is the most important relationship that you will ever encounter. More important than the one with your, with your parents, more important than the one with your children. If your spouse, like I said, is your purpose partner, they're going to reflect a different type of mirror on you. Yeah. So there's just some things that you didn't know was an issue because marriage, marriage calls for a deeper level of intimacy. Yeah. Now we really got to get naked. You can't hide. Yeah. Marriage will expose you. Wow. So there's just some things that you don't know hurt until you're in that space. And then you start to say, well, why am I doing this? Why does this behavior keep happening? Why can't I get a hold on it? It's like, oh, shoot. I didn't even know that this was a thing. Yeah. So you want to start healing, but be open to the idea that healing is not an event it's a reoccurring process. It's just not a one-time thing. Yeah. <laughs>